0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Hello, how y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Wow, this is a big moment for me. I think out of all the podcast guests I've had, I'm a huge yeah. fans of all of them. However, this is probably the person, um, the biggest fan, if I was going to be judgmental of all 111 guests (laughs) before this moment, that I haven't met in person. And that this is, I'm sitting here with uh, Trevor Hall. We're both in Boulder, I believe, uh, in different spaces using this fancy technology we have at our fingertips these days. Uh, Welcome to the show, Trevor Hall.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Hopefully I don't let you down.
0: Oh, you know, I, I'm, it's already a win, you know, just the scheduling it and now being here with you, I'm, I'm winning. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. Um, it's pretty interesting. My last guest, uh, Drew from Satsang, uh-huh. I probably have never heard someone um, speak so highly about someone else in such a genuine way. And he was talking about you, uh-huh. uh, which made this me that much more excited about this.
1: Oh. Uh-huh he's a good, he's a good brother. We've been through a lot, you know, and, um, it's been beautiful to, uh, watch each other's journeys, you know, as artists and also as humans. And, um, so he might, he might be biased. So don't take his word too seriously.
0: <laughs> well, talking about being, not taking things too seriously. Um, one of the people that he recently had on a show. JP Sears is a really good friend of mine. He uh, wrote the oh, floor okay. to my book, Breaking Normal. He did his first comedy show at one of our events that we call tribe design in Kauai. And actually Dustin Thomas opened that whole event up with Tubby Love. So I think we had oh, some enough. mutual connections That's
1: there a, on the circle there.
0: Yeah. And, um, allegedly i guess he uh drew got a lot of backlash from that episode and i think i saw you at one point on your instagram talking about it i was like oh my goodness are they talking about jp is this one i
1: didn't uh i've never met jp i don't know him um personally but drew i guess had reached out to me or no he didn't even reach out to me i'm sorry um i i had seen seen his uh like story or post or something and I kind of reached out to him. hey what's up you know what's going on type of thing and he was just kind of saying you know telling me whatever what he was receiving and stuff and then uh um that kind of inspired not it's I mean it inspired me because I was receiving things you know f- f- about other things you know so I, I was kind of like well you know I'm gonna I don't normally you know talk about this but I'm gonna I'm going to, you know, say something, you know, so my, my thing wasn't really particularly about whatever he was dealing with, with that podcast. It was more of just about um, social media these days and, and um, how seems the nasty, I guess, side of it, you know, and how it affects us as humans and how social media, I think is such an amazing tool to stay connected especially in a time like this, right. Um, to people that, you know, and people that you don't know. Right. But also like anything, it has this kind of dark underbelly in a way. So I was kind of speaking to that. Yeah
0: yeah i mean i'm I'm really fascinated by what you think about social media, and you are already giving me a beautiful golden thread, and I totally agree that i've when I use it, I've used social media since it started and faced with Facebook, and it's been one of the most powerful tools of connection I've ever experienced mm-hmm. um, especially to get people together in person right uh, like I've used it as like a way of getting retreats going for a decade mm-hmm. um however, I, I do feel for the people that are being used by it mm. and that have got sucked into that underbelly. And it's like more of a weapon of destruction. Um, I, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but as a musician, especially to get someone that goes on tour, I think you rescheduled your tour. I did. Yeah. Um, a what, a fa- <laughs> what a fascinating year for musicians or years. Yeah. This is um, because music is such a major part of culture. And actually our tribe design that we did in Colorado we took our uh, facilitators and our like faculty to the Red Rock show with you and Nako. Oh
1: wow, wow!
0: And uh, that was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. I have last a lot. Summer. Yeah, was it last
1: summer? It was last summer. No.
0: Yeah, I think it was yeah, a yeah, June Yeah, yeah 16th. last summer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's no longer an option. All yeah. of a sudden. And I just want to know how, what you uh, think about that is uh, on the being at the forefronts of this and um, about social media, anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, as artists, you know, we're as people, as people, you know, we're constantly adapting. Right. Um, and with something that as wild as this kind of quarantine, whatever, COVID pandemic thing, um, you know, we, everybody has had to adjust everybody, not just artists or musicians or things like this. Um, but I can only speak obviously to being a musician and, you know, with, with us, um, with our kind of the, the main way we share our craft, you know, is through live interaction you know, live music and stuff like this. Um, and to have that taken away, um, all of us have had to pivot and get creative uh, in in how we share our, our gifts and our offerings and things like this. Um, and with that, you know, social media has been the main, if not one of the only ways that we're able to do that, whether it's, um, you know, doing lives or, um, streaming things or just continuing to post and connect and try to stay engaged with our uh, communities and and things like this. Um, so it's been an, it's been an adjustment. I mean, for me personally, I have been really grateful for this time because, you know, I've been touring since I was like 16 years old and, um, I can't, remember the last time I was in one place for more than perhaps a few months, you know? Um, so to kind of be at home for this long, this stretch of a a time period, um, it's been really amazing to rest, um, and kind of shift my creative energies somewhere else, um, to work on practice, um, And just to kind of get into a rhythm and let my body and kind of catch up, you know. Um, At the same time, it's like a bittersweet feeling because so many people in our industry, in the music industry especially, you know, live music or live events, you know, so many people are suffering. You know, so many venues have closed. So um, even people within our own team, you know, that work with other people. on the road, it's just been hard to, to see that struggle. So it is a little bit of a bittersweet feeling, but we, you know, it's, it's not really much we can do other than surrender and be patient uh, with the process. Um, And, and hopefully, you know, like all things, you know, things pass and, and things will get better and we'll, you know, ride into the next challenge, whatever that may be you know, so, um, yeah, it's just an interesting
0: time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, and, um, you said that in such a sagely way and I, that's how I kind of looked at what Drew was saying about you as like a sage in his life. <laughs> and it really was a freedom catalyst for his career. And yeah. I'm kind of curious. It got me thinking about like, well, like as you are to Drew, is there someone like that for you?
1: Oh man. Well, I, I'm really humbled that Drew would even say that. Um, but I am so, yeah, I'm so grateful to have so many, um, elders in my life and, and guides, you know, um, whether it be my own parents, you know, um, to my, you know, spiritual teachers in India or here in the States, um, to my wife, You know, so many um, incredible people that um, have shed their grace on on myself and have, uh, yeah, helped just guide me on my journey. You know, Um, it's so important, you know, it's so important um, and it's such a blessing and a gift to have a presence like that, you know, in your life. And and I think sometimes it doesn't even have to be like a, a living human being. You know, it can be a, you know, a spirit that you're connected with. Um, even an idea that you're connected with and that, um, is a living idea, you know, um, that you kind of, uh, mold your life around in a way. So it's just, it's, it's important for all of us, you know. Um, it's like, you know, growing up as a child, as a baby, you know, we have our, our mothers, you know, and our fathers and things like this. We have guides from the beginning, whether we know it or not, we just have to open our vision, you know, open our, um, our hearts, you know, there's a beautiful saying that says, you know, the, the, the wind of grace is always blowing. We just have to lift our sails, you know? So we have to make sure that we put those sails up and, um, yeah, and just and harness uh, harness that ever-flowing uh, grace that's that's
0: you know all around us. Um, as you were saying that, there is this beautiful flock of geese that flew overhead, like in the <laughs> oh, sunshine.
1: I yeah, I sent those. I timed those. I bought those on Amazon, and I timed it exactly for this moment. I knew your question and everything. So I'm glad that worked out for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I got some really good God bumps, as you said that. Uh, So or goosebumps. Actually, I usually say God bumps, but in this case, I'll say goosebumps, um, which I think is a sign that there is a spirit or something being transmitted that is uh, powerful. And you mentioned the idea of an idea and a spirit. Uh, Hmm. I'd love to hear you explore to like distinguishing those out loud like doesn't i what's the difference between an ideas spirit and the spirit that you're a spirit that you're alluding to that could be a guide
1: Uh,
0: i'm
1: not sure i think um i'm not sure you know i think like there's there's the the uh divine like personas you know whether they be like i don't know saints or that have come before us or angels or nature spirits or, um, all these things, you know, that kind of have a personality, I guess. Right. And then, um, there's just the, the ideas of perhaps, you know, compassion and love and, um, surrender and, uh, these things that we can really, you know, make the, the pole stars of our our, our life, you know, um, and perhaps they go to, I'm sure, you know, they weave together, you know, um, and, uh, they, they run together and and sometimes perhaps they're independent, but, um, yeah, I think it's just about, you know, like we were saying before, just having, having something or someone that just inspires you to something greater, You know, um, doesn't have to be God or the great spirit or anything like this. It can just be something that makes you want to,
0: um, expand, you know, it could be goose or geese sent to you from Trevor Hall via Amazon.
1: It can be geese. Yeah. You can get those on Amazon
0: prime, send those over, (laughs) whatever works. Oh, um, on that note, I did. I was talking to my brother and his uh, wife right before the call because they're big fans as well. And uh, I was like, "Do you have any questions for Trev <laughs> and Emerald?" I did come up with one that, um, and I think it's kind of aligned with what we're talking about. Do you have a daily ritual to catalyze your creativity, um, or the most powerful daily ritual or act or habit?
1: to To kind of get my creativity going, or yeah, yeah, um, not really, you know, I think um, yeah, i I don't really have like a specific ritual. i I, I um because creativity is so spontaneous, you know, um, it's so raw and just um, wild. You know, so I think it's sometimes hard to sometimes I I perhaps don't like to put any rituals around it. Right. Because um, I want it to be free flowing and and speak to me in the way that it wants to come through. Um, Of course, I have, you know, daily practice, you know, for myself of that has been given to me by my guides and elders and, and this and that, but it doesn't really, I'm sure that supports the creative process, but it doesn't, it's not specifically for that. Um, but with creativity, um, in particular, um, it's such a divine, you know, wild raw energy that, uh, I don't really like to pigeonhole it in any way. Um, I just like to really just let it happen. So, I guess my ritual would be just to sit down and wait, <laughs> see what happens. You know, sometimes it it works out and you catch a big fish, and sometimes, you know, you don't. But um, that's just the process.
0: Awesome. On that note, sitting down and waiting and catching big fish, and uh, us sharing the space of the front range here are there any specific spots that you go to that you find that you catch more of those waves than usual Uh, around this, these parts? Yeah.
1: Well, this whole area is obviously special area, you know, Um, the original, you know, caretakers of this land, powerful people. um, You can feel it, you know, in, in the land and mountains in general are so, uh, inspiring, you know, just in general. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I, um, I, I go on long drives. That's my thing. You know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, kind of stuck or if I just want to like zone out, you know, I usually just get in the car and, and drive, um, up into the mountains and, and not really have any particular destination, just kind of, Oh, let's go down this road or, Oh, let's go down that road. Um, I love to drive up kind of through Gold Hill and and those areas up there and, um, you know, past Ned and, and all those places. But, um, yeah, the, the, that's kind of been my main, whenever I need more inspiration or just a change of something, you know, that's I think that's the special part about this place is that you can get in a car and within a few minutes, you're up there, you're in it. Um, And you got a lot of options. So um, that's kind of been my thing. I also really love El Dorado Springs back there. Um, I feel like it's a really, canyons in particular, kind of like vortexes, right, in a way. So um, yeah, I feel the vibe back there as well. But yeah, it's usually just an aimless drive,
0: this is a good area for those uh, drives for sure. Um, And then you also mentioned your wife and I believe her name's Emory, which is interesting because I've had some of my most creative endeavors at Emory hall because Uh I went, I went to Emory university and I was like, Oh
1: wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where is
1: that again? Where is it? In Georgia. In In Georgia. Georgia, That's right. It's in Georgia. That's right. Yeah. so funny.
0: (laughs) Um, is that, is her name, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to know a little bit if you know about the origins of her name and like how she has been, uh, in what ways has she been a guide to you?
1: Uh, I don't really know about the origins of that particular name. Um, a good question, actually. I'd like to perhaps figure that out. Um, but, um, as far as a guide, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really um, descri- t- dis- describe, really, you know. Um, yeah, no matter what, if it's a, you know, if, if your partner's a, a girl or a boy or um, gender fluid or trans or whatever it is, if you have a partner, um, to walk to a partner that where you both support each other's, you know, highest potential, um, and, and have a, uh, what's the word have a, uh, almost like, a you love, you, you, you support their vision for their vision alone, not for any selfish motive. That's such a great gift, you know, such a gift. And, um, I'm, I'm such a intense thinker and I usually go get stuck, you know, up there and, um, emery calls them trevor holes when i get into she's like are you in a trevor hole i'm like yeah Uh you know but um emery in particular just her incredible nurturing um power and um her commitment to uh kind of the highest ideal um has just been so inspiring for myself and um she can be as fierce as a lion, you know, with a predator, and then she can be as loving as a lioness with her cubs, you know, and um, it's just really beautiful to have both of those um, aspects in my life, you know, kind of like a a protectress and, uh, um, and one who just nurtures me, you know, unconditionally. Um, I felt like when I, when I, met emery and when we kind of you know uh our rivers merged and we have this union i was able to kind of relax a bit um meaning before that i was just so intense with myself so intense with uh my life my mind everything i'm still in you know intense and have that element but um it was it was an it was an unhealthy intensity, um, and Emery was really able to help soften that and um, help me relax into my being. You know, so yeah, it's been it's been a beautiful journey. Yeah.
0: Well, I can't help but think about um, you can't rush your healing. Mm. Um, how does that fit into this, or how does this story, if at all, fit into that song? Oh
1: well, that was that's quite a story. Um, that's quite a story that has to do with my grandmother, really, um, who 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 has you know passed away. But um, she was very very talk about it. You know, saintly. Um, but, um, I, ever since I was young, I've always had this thing with time, you know, I've always had this, uh, kind of, uh, unhealthy attitude towards time. And I always treat it as like a pressure and this thing that like we're running out of and starts and stops and the whole thing. And I feel like in the West, we really have that, you know, we're really this kind of culture of go, go, go and beat the clock and do as much as you can within. You know, the, the day that we have, and I always just felt that pressure rather, you know, consciously or unconsciously. And um, time was always just a big subject in my whatever journey. Um, and one day we were, I was with my grandmother, Mama, or we called her Mama, and um, she was, you know, kind of in the final days of her uh, life and, and, um, she didn't say much, but when she did, it always really hit you. And I was walking with her in her wheelchair. I was pushing her in her wheelchair outside and all of a sudden she just kind of looked up at the sky and she said, isn't time such a wonderful gift? And that really like, I didn't, I, at first I, in the moment I was kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, whatever, you know, but I didn't know that she had really kind of planted this mantra, you know, within me and, I kept thinking about that. Isn't time such a wonderful gift? Isn't time such a wonderful gift? And I thought it was so interesting, especially with her, you know, being that she was about to pass, you know, that was such an interesting thing to say, you know? And uh, yeah, that mantra kind of just continued to uh, repeat itself. And and I, I noticed that my a- attitude towards time started to change. I started to kind of view it as a a cycle, a circle rather than like a straight line, you know, um, as like a spirit, you know, as as um, something that's arranging everything perfectly, you know, and um, that was really the kind of the inspiration, the, the seed behind that song, you know, you can't rush your healing and that journey um, because I feel like as human beings, you know, we're, we're so obsessed with like, Being happy, you know, we're so we're doing everything we can to be happy, you know, we're, we're, you know, taking drugs or we're watching shows or we're learning how to meditate or we're, you know, trying to find somebody to spend our lives with. We're just so hell bent on being happy and staying happy. Right. And then, you know, when we feel sadness or when we feel, um, any type of perhaps dark feeling or negative feeling or anything like this immediately. We're like, Oh, I got to fix this. This is fucked up. I'm not supposed to feel this right now. This is not part of my journey, you know? And we just push and push and push. And we try to like, oh, get it out, cut it out, cut it out. At least that's what I do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like there's this, this, dance that we're in as this human experience is not just this, you know, and it's not just that, you know, and um, everything makes up the, the journey, you know, sadness, happiness, pain, pleasure, uh, joy, sorrow, you know, all these things, night, day, sun, moon, it's, you know, it's right in front of us. But we 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 just try to swing to one side. We're constantly trying to swing to one side, swing to one side, stay over there, you know, stay in that happiness. Um, and with that song, with, with that, you know, you can't rush your healingness, and that was really kind of an acceptance, right? Oh, um, happiness comes, oh, that's good, you know, that's cool. Some sadness comes, oh, okay, that's good. You know, that's it's just part of it oh, this dark, this state depression has fallen over me. That's okay. I'm just going to sit here and and uh, feel that, you know. And that's kind of what that song did to me and, and that kind of whole journey of my grandmother saying that to me um, and just kind of trying to, you know, feel it all rather than force my experience <laughs> force the experience it's a practice it's a lifelong journey you know
0: yeah well that's some deep wisdom from your mama mama is that what you said mama i called i our, called ours Mima. Uh, uh, wh- uh where was mama when she transitioned
1: she passed in south carolina where i grew up
0: hmm. wow and how uh how old was uh, she
1: no, 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 no. she didn't no no she didn't pass in south carolina i remember this she passed, I think, in North Carolina because there was a there was a hurricane that was coming. That's right. There was a hurricane that was coming, uh, which is common where we grew up. It was like a normal thing, you know, um, hurricane season. And they had to transfer her um, up to uh, North Carolina to get out of the way, you know. And I think the journey was just too hard for her at that stage. And she ended up passing, but... Um, I got the news. I remember right before I was supposed to play a show <laughs> and I was like, Oh God. But it was, it was kind of a beautiful euphoric state I was in. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, I remember that very well.
0: Yeah. I remember my, I remember that situation for me. Cause my grandma, uh, turned a hundred and I was in Maui and on Thanksgiving, Whoa. And I just left Maui right away. I just like flew right wow. there for her 100th birthday. And then um, she then passed away uh, five days later. Oh, wow. And then... Where, uh, was she,
1: where did she live? Where did you fly to?
0: At Georgia. Georgia.
1: Oh, in Georgia. You're from Georgia?
0: Yeah, I was born in Miami, but kindergarten and college, I was in Georgia. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So you're a Southern boy like myself? Yeah, I definitely feel those vibes, man, from you. I'm like, this guy is like... <laughs> I, I just feel like you're hanging out. When I listen to you sometimes. Like, I just I imagine us hanging out with, like my Georgia friends. I'm <laughs> if we have... We may have one day. I actually looked at our age and I'm only... Uh, I'm a year older than you. So it's like yeah. very... Or maybe half a year. I don't even know Yeah, exactly. I'm sure.
1: It's such a small world, you know. And in the <laughs> South is even smaller. So
0: perhaps... Well, on the wisdom of uh, Mama's a uh, ta- uh, time being such a gift. I think it's, I'll take that little halftime break. I was yeah, yeah, mentioning earlier. All right. So speaking of songs, um, I'm kind of curious about the two songs that I've gone to a lot as uh, reminders have been um, "Forgive." And uh, the recent one, like uh, your house is on fire or fire, was oh, it? What's yeah,
1: fire, fire on your house. Fire yeah. on your house.
0: So, yeah. I'm curious about those two. of two opposite sides of I, the exactly, exactly. <laughs> I uh, have probably been as many people that have listened to you talk about and you admitting yourself about like struggling to stay in one state, like mm. happiness. Um. I think when I surrender, I kind of go to forgive. And when I need some of that warrior. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious about the roots of those songs and what you might have to say about
1: that. Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, well, we'll start, we can start with forgive. I mean, forgive is a song, um, that, uh, was was born out of an experience I had in Australia. I was playing at this festival called the Uplift Festival. And it was this festival that had brought together all different um, kind of elders from different traditions and tribes. And they had a bunch of Aboriginal elders there from different mobs. And um, they had the Tibetan Gyoto monks there. They had um, some native american elders they had the kogi people from south america so it was this huge melting pot of um traditions and um you know and, and a lot of traditions that didn't really get along you know even with i remember just within australia a lot of um different you know aboriginal communities that weren't cool with each other, and had whatever disagreements and they kind of came together and um, we kind of witnessed them you know, kind of talk and make peace and um it was just a you know and then you had all of us there, the white folk you know that have you know kind of uh, uh you know really destroyed a lot of these indigenous cultures in a way, you know? Um, so that was kind of wild, you know, and it was just, it was really overwhelming. It was just overwhelming to be there and just watch it all take place. And I, I had, I had gotten back, I flew back, you know, that was the last thing I did on that tour and I flew back and right when I got back, I was still just kind of on fire with this, um, with, with that experience and that song forgive just kind of popped out of me. It just was like, you know, and, you know, forgiveness is, um, it's, it's, it's a really amazing thing. Um, sometimes it's easier to forgive for forgive others and, and harder to forgive our, our own selves, you know, um, that's kind of an interesting one, kind of a, uh, a battle in a way. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I I always meditate on, on that, on, on forgiveness and, you know, who's, who is one to forgive and, and, you know, it's just, uh, my sister was just FaceTiming me. I was about <laughs> to say, I wonder if that's who you're supposed to forgive. <laughs> no, not, sorry about that. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just interesting, you know um, there's things, you know, in my life that I just still hold on to and, Oh man, wh- why would I do that? Or there's things I'm so hard on myself about. And it's just a process, you know? Um, yeah. It's just a process um, with, with something like, you know, then you kind of have this opposite side of the spectrum, right? You have this fire on your house, um, which was a really hard song for me to, uh, release. Really. I had some experiences, you know, within the music industry that just really sucked and, you know, trust broken and, um, you know, feel like you're taking advantage of and this and that. And I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And I, I, I recorded that song kind of for my own, you know, my own health, you know, it was just like, Oh, I'm not going to release this or anything. I just need to let this out kind of vibe. And, um, I never had any intention of, of, you know, putting it on an album or anything like this. Um, and, for so many different reasons, you know, one of those reasons was, well, I'm, I'm the, you know, the peaceful, um, you know, singer, you know, that sings about love and you can't do that. You can't sing about that stuff, you know? And I, I felt this kind of a, this, this, you know, attachment, this ego, this attachment to this persona of like being that person, and, um, you're not allowed to get angry. You're not allowed to get upset. You're not, you know, all these things. And, um, I real, I just saw that kind of unhealthy attachment and I was like, man, that's messed up, you know? Um, in one way, yeah, I do. I want to release this. I want to kind of let this out, you know, because of that, I want to shatter that image, you know? Um, and then there was the other, the other point of just um that album, the newest album, In and Through the Body was really about being honest, you know, in all different aspects of my human experience. Um, being honest in my sadness, being honest in my joy, being honest in my fear, being honest in my anger, you know. And um, I felt like it was important to to release it, you know, in that regard, to um to just show all the different aspects again of, of my human experience, whether they are right or wrong, you know, or how can, how can an experience be right or wrong, you know, asking all those questions. So, um, you know, we have all these different sides, you know, within us. Um, and, um, lately I haven't, I've been trying to just feel them all, you know, um, or, or not, you know, feel maybe just honor them all, you know? And, um, of course there's that unhealthy side where you kind of believe everything you think and, you know, kind of go down the rabbit hole and you can get overwhelmed by your own emotions and thoughts and ec- express your emotions in a distracted way, which I don't think is healthy, um, uh but i think with 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 this journey with this album and 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 that song in particular it was kind of really being intentional about that expression and expressing like i said all different sides of myself so you know that was kind of the the reasoning behind releasing that
0: that song yeah well, it's uh, really good. And somehow when I uh, play it on my Spotify, like the next song that comes up is my own.
1: Oh, is it? <laughs>
0: and my um, three and a half year old daughter, also known as the Ohm Baby. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, Is like starting to sing that song out loud. And it's just like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So oh, thank-
1: awesome. That's
0: awesome. Just another thank you for all your your commitment to your artistry. Oh, thank you. And on the, the own baby thing, basically what happened was when she was about six weeks, um, she I was doing a live video and just catching everyone up and she was laying in my arms and then all of a sudden, like about 20 minutes in, she started like just screaming and crying. Mm-hmm. And all I, I just did a big, uh, oh. And then she basically went from screaming to sleeping during that. Oh, wow. And all these people like, I remember Dustin Thomas too. He's like, well, he was going crazy with comments and I'm like, what in the world just happened? Like after reflecting on that. And I, um, so I re I copy, I just cut that 42 second clip out and re- uploaded it. And it was basically getting a million views an hour for about That's 20 something hours. And until all the news channels just re uploaded it and it still goes, it's still going, but, I was just like, wow, this is amazing that like of all the ways I've aimed to inspire people to basically get in more touch with the creator of their breath, mm. I, the way this happened and, and it's still going viral, basically, <laughs> um, it was just, it shook me and it struck me. And I, I, have definitely heard you ohm and your uh, music. What, what is ohm to you? Oh, um,
1: what is Aum to me? Still figuring it out. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's vibration, obviously. Um, it's vibration. And, you know, according to the, the ancient seers and the yogis and, um, the Babas, it's the original sound, you know? And within the sound is all of creation, all of destruction, all of uh, the whole cycle, you know, and everything is born from that one um, vibration, you know, all ideas, all of consciousness. Um, Yeah. For me, I just kind of view it as the original, you know, the original. And um, I feel like with, with uh, music, right? All music, all sound is a reflection of the, you know, original sound, right? And I feel like music is so special because it helps us trace tr- trace back, right? To that original sound um, where that sound is, is actually soundless. Right. Uh, That sound is silence. That sound is the innermost self. Um, That's why music is so powerful to me. Right. And I think it's so powerful to, to everybody. Right. Uh, because it's a feeling it's, it's beyond our words. It's even though we may be singing this and that it's stirring something within us, you know, even if you listen to music of another culture, you don't understand the language, but it's a feeling. And I feel like, um, that's what music kind of does. It reminds us of that original vibration or reminds us of, uh, that, um, original nature, you know, um, so, yeah, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of that, the source, you know? Um, yeah,
0: the source. Well, well, thanks. I'm happy to ask. Um, yeah, and speaking of the source and um, thinking about, I, I'm a big believer that everything is spiritual. And, uh, however, if I was going to play the game of, like, my one of my most spiritual experiences, it was seeing my daughter born, like, in our living room there on the edge of the Pacific ocean. And I'm curious if you have something, if I was going to if someone was going to put you, like we're playing a little card game around the table. What's your most spiritual experience, Trevor Hall? (laughs) Oh man, I don't
1: know. I mean, I've, I've, uh, that sounds like a pretty good one. Uh, gosh, I think, um, It's kind of intimate, you know, it's kind of hard for me to, uh, open up about, um, I've had so many, you know, moments and, and it doesn't have to be something grand, you know, or, uh, it can just kind of come up on you all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, even like watching a movie or, you know, driving in the car or whatever. I mean, a lot of it surrounds music, you know, Uh, a lot of it surrounds kind of a feeling of, um, music putting me in this kind of uh, witness state and and kind of feeling something, you know, move through, through me. Um, but yeah, most of my, you know, I guess most spiritual experiences are, are kind of too intimate for me to, you know, unload on, um, but I do like your attitude, you know, everything is spiritual. I think I, I, it's one of the thing that kind of annoys me to be honest is, you know, uh, labeling something as spiritual, you know, Oh, this is spiritual and this is not spiritual. You know, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like, how are you, how, how can we say this is, this is, you know, that, and this is this, you know, um, I appreciate you kind of sharing that attitude, you know, um and if we don't have that right, if we don't have that um, attitude right, that's what we're aiming towards, right? That's what we're as people that are you know whatever as spiritual people <laughs> we're we're trying to see everything as oneness or as a reflection of um that divine you know, uh, energy. So, um, you know, it makes me think of like, uh, I'm kind of maybe going off on a tangent, but it makes me think of like the Agoris, you know, in, in India. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the agori Agora practice, but it's, it's really far out and intense and kind of wild. And, and, um, but their whole kind of or one of their aims, right, is to not see anything as sacred or mundane, right? It's to see everything as oneness, you know. Um, But they have kind of intense practices of, you know, being in the cremation grounds and kind of facing these things that we perhaps view as negative things. Um, They try to go beyond those... uh, conceptions mental conceptions of this and that and and try to see everything as divine so um yeah it's it's you know it's interesting it's interesting
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is i i think what that, what that brought up for me for some reason is um what you think about synchronicity
1: the synchronicity meaning just
0: uh, timing in a way or know, like when something seems so coincidental it's it's divine it's got to be divine it's just like uh, an obviously divine coincidence yeah or an omen
1: right 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 well i mean talking kind of going back right when we were talking about mama and you can't rush your healing and this feeling of time you know one of one of the things with time is 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 viewing it as a spirit, um, or honoring as a spirit, right And these ancient cultures um, you know that I've been kind of a, uh, taught about uh, by my teachers in this and that, you know especially in India and Nepal and these these kind of regions, the time is viewed as a spirit um, as a god and goddess. Um, you know the word kala, uh, means time and they have their gods, Mahakala, right. Or Mahakali, right. These are, these are, uh, manifestations, right. Of time as a spirit, um, or the source of time. Right. And, um, with, with viewing time as a spirit, right. With, with my own experience with that, you can't rush your healing and all this stuff. Um, it's 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 viewing every mo- every second every moment every meeting every everything everything is arranged perfectly right by that divine time that divine spirit of time everything even the worst experiences of our lives the most painful experiences of our lives are happening Perfectly, right? In this moment, in this moment, at, at this time, I know everything I need to know at this moment, right? Um, to have that surrender, right? We we may not understand, we may not understand why this horrible experience is happening to us right now. And we may not understand it for our whole lives, but sometimes, you know. I'm sure you have moments like this, you know, when you look back on your life and you see, oh, man, that was a shitty time. But, man, that really happened perfectly and that led me to this or that led me to that, you know. Everything is being arranged perfectly. Um, To have that surrender. Oh, my God, imagine how differently we would live, you know. Imagine how differently we would... um, you know, walk our, our lives and, and meet how we meet people and this and that, you know, it's um, it, we would, it would be so different. Right. But it's a practice. It, it, it does that. That's a high, I, I view that as a high state. Um, it's not an overnight thing or something that we can just do. Um, it comes through all the different experiences we have, you know, and, and to me, it comes through just constantly surrendering, 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 surrendering. Um, That's, that's kind of uh, an attitude that I hope to cultivate, you know, Uh, hope to cultivate in myself and, um, and, and really surrender to, you know, as, uh, as my journey goes on in this incarnation. (laughs) But I guess that would be kind of my view of, you know, or attitude towards when you bring up the word synchronicity, I, that's what I think about. That's, that's where my mind goes.
0: I love it. I love exploring that idea. And, uh, what that synchronously brought me to was, um, on the rushing, can't rushing your healing and, uh, I actually have recently launched a dietary supplement called Tribe Vitamins. And our first uh, retail spot is actually a local spot called Taspin's Organics. And I was oh, telling yeah,
1: them. that spot. Okay,
0: oh, great. So they got Tribe Vitamins there now. Wow. And my friend Raquel, I don't know if you know her, um, but she was, she was thinking when I mentioned that I was going to be interviewing you, um, that like, you, you Can't Rush Your Healing was about Lyme's disease. And oh, I, I've okay. had other, I've had several people mention uh, that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I did. I, I, that, that, that's true. I did. I mean, I do have um, limes, you know, and, and have had to uh, be super patient with that, you know, um, and um, that's been a great teacher, right? A great teacher in that regard. So that is correct, you know, in, in, in some degree. Um, but that's not what
0: the full kind of obviously song is, is about, but um, yeah, it's it's amazing to learn more about what it is, uh, the fuller meaning. And I, I am curious because I've had several amazing people, um, in my life that have struggled with that one, uh, this guy named Aaron Bigelow. I got to get him on the podcast one day, but, um, he used to live in Aspen and he got, he got limes and, uh, he, was, he didn't know what to do and he ended up creating some sort of like frequency machine. I think it's called like the amp coil. Oh, wow. That he claimed that's, what he, that's how he healed himself he, he, because right. no one was helping him and he's kind of that kind of wizard type. Yeah. So I guess I would be if anyone's listening and concerned about someone they may know or they have limes or what that means. I'm just kind of curious about your explorations of that topic as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very controversial, right. Disease, right. Some people are like, Oh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know. <laughs> some people are like, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere, you know, it's, and um, so, or some people are like, Oh, you just take an antibiotic and it, it's over, you know um, in my own experience, it's, it's, it's been a, a really um, almost like, what, like, well, do I even have this or do I not? You know, because it is so hard to test for and it's also so complex, right? I know people that have limes that can't mo- can't move, can't get out of bed, you know. I know people with limes that um they just get headaches, right? Um, I know people with limes like myself that mine is more of like a chronic fatigue thing where I just get nailed and I I just am so tired. Um a tiredness that's just awful. Um, so it's, it's just such a hard thing to kind of, uh, you know, say like one thing about, you know, um, I think everybody's journey is unique and, um, I've tried all sorts of things, you know, I was, I was, uh, trying, you know, God, just a natural path and, um, IVs and supplements and, um, ozone therapy and, um, all sorts of things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, I mean, the, the big thing for me with limes was stress and really taking a look at my own stress and how much I stress about things or, or this and that. Cause I noticed that when that, that was kind of a trigger, you know, for me, um, and so it was a great teacher in that regard, right? I was really able to, you know, look at and continue to look at my stress and why am I stressing about this and th- this and that. Um, and so, with that, you know, has really been relaxation. You know, I remember this one time. I remember this one time. I was, I was, I was going going to India to our ashram and. You know, going to see our, our Guruji who I view, you know, as, you know, such an enlightened person, you know, um, and a, a person that I look up to on, in so many levels, you know, and I was going to go to and I was, you know, just stressing out about this and that and my mind and blah, 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 and I'm feeling and this and that, you know, and I was like, I'm going to go to Guruji. I'm going to tell him what's up and he's going to give me like the answer, man, he's going to give me the secret answer whether it's the mantra or a breathing practice or whatever, he's going to give me the magical sauce, you know? So I'm like, go there. And I'm like, you know, just traveled halfway around the world, you know, to to be with him and ask him this question or whatever. And I'd like lay it out for him and he just looks at me and I'm like, okay, here it comes, man. I can't wait. I'm going to get it. You know? And he's like, just try and relax. And I was like, wait, wait, what? That's it? he's like just yeah just just try and relax and i was like are you kidding me you know i just came all the way over here you know and um but he was right you know he was right you know it's just trying to relax right is uh also a practice you know um for, for people like myself, it doesn't come naturally. Right. But, but that relaxation is, um, has been a big medicine. And one of the ways I, you know, get there obviously is through practicing yoga or, um, you know, meditation or going for walks in silence or whatever it may be, you know, that's that, that, that has been a, a real benefit for me when it comes to, um, my journey with limes and, and, and this and that. So just try and relax is, is my, it's what was given to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's relax. It's relaxing to hear you say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset though at the time I was like, you gotta be like, don't you have like some magical herb or like some secret sound that you could like instruct, you know,
0: just, just try and relax. I was like, Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, if you do go into Tasman's, uh, Raquel, I think she, um, she I think he's generally the conifer one, but her husband, Jeff, I believe is also navigating some limes yeah. stuff as well. And he's a great guy too. Wow. That's cool. Good on uh, you. That's cool. He's done a lot of research as well. Um, Man, I think we're coming close to a close here. Uh, I definitely want to make sure that if there's anything that you want to say that I have not asked you about. And for some reason I wrote down while well, I was just taking some fun notes and um, I wrote down spirit animal question mark, whatever that oh,
1: means. Oh, wow. Well, wow. Well, yeah. I like that. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's just, I'm grateful to, to have the conversation with you and I hope that, uh, um hope that what I shared is of some benefit, you know, um, it's really healing for me to, to be asked these questions, right. Cause they kind of make me think about things that I wouldn't perhaps normally think about if I was on my own. So I'm um, thank you for that and grateful for that. And, um, uh, as far as, you know, a, a, shameless plug, you know, we do have our new album that, that came out recently and, um, I can't believe it's, it's been a year since we recorded it, uh, but it came out in the fall and, and it's called in and through the body. And, um, if you haven't checked that out, you know, it'd be awesome if, uh, if you did, whoever's listening, um, that's what I have to offer is, is the music. Um, but as far as a uh, spirit animal, it's so funny you said that. Cause I, I've been bumping into all these coyotes lately. It's like crazy, you know, I, it's just like been a thing. And, uh, I almost walked right into one the other day when I was walking my dog, it freaked me out. Um, because I was I had, it was I was quite close and I I didn't know like oh god what am I supposed to do <laughs> you know so luckily we just kind of all stared at each other for a while and then it walked off and I came home and told my wife about it and she immediately was like well we have to we have to we have to look it up you know what what the coyote's about and um it's funny cuz a lot of my friends um Uncle Jojo and Nako and um they've always they've always talked about the coyote medicine and, and, um, uh, especially uncle Joe, I view him as kind of a, uh, one of the, the main coyotes in my life, but, uh, we are reading that coyote medicine is, is really about, you know, humor. And, um, kind of the, the, not, not taking things too seriously and, and, and not, um, In you know, with, 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 uh, the spirit world in particular, your own, you know, again, we're going back to the spirit and what's spiritual and what's not, but, you know, it's just talking about, um, kind of having fun, you know, and being in joy in the spirit and, and humor and, um, which was really right up my alley, you know, it's good for me to hear, uh, not taking myself too seriously. Um, you know, I feel like in in when we're when we're when we're kind of walking this uh, a spiritual path, and here I am saying it again, but there is kind of this this thing where it's like we're not supposed to have any fun, you know. It's serious, hey, it's serious here, you know. And um, I don't know if that comes from just like you know the idea of original sin and Christianity, or or whatever, you know, we find it in so many different traditions. Um, but some of the most spiritual moments I've had in my life have been with great humor and great joy and, and laughter and fun. Um, so that's something I've been trying to cultivate and focus on and, um, and, uh, you know, bring more into my life. Even if you're in a right, a down time, a sad time, a depressed time, um, finding the, kind of the humor in it in a weird way, you know, is, is kind of interesting, but so yeah, I've been really thinking about the coyote a lot. Yeah. I literally saw one yesterday again. Uh, so it's definitely been around, so I'm
0: trying to pay attention wow yeah that's pretty tricky yeah, i because I, I wrote that down i was like the one one of the random things i wrote down and i was like why did i just have this weird yeah. question mark next to it and it, that's very coyote esque, i'd say and <laughs> right right <laughs> what i what i've done i've also the coyote has been very much on my mind because this when i, when I mentioned tribe vitamins earlier what that actually is is taspins what they have is bison liver it's encapsulated mm-hmm. bison liver whoa and um i've done a lot of research about bison I've learned a lot about bison and it's pretty ridiculous what happened to the bison almost in like the late 1800s they almost went extinct right um with a lot of you know oh man that's quite the story but it seems like basically there is there was maybe even an idea floating around with the uh, the conquerors of the land maybe coming from european grounds of like a dead bison is a dead indian Oh wow. And um it's pretty tragic actually looking to but now the bison have come back much stronger. There's about 400,000 bison and 90 plus percent of them do go to uh like grain on their last 90 days and are treated a bit like cows, but I'm only working with the ones that are roaming free 100% on grass their whole life. And with that's I've just learned a lot about this uh through these ranchers and uh, talking to the suppliers and figuring this whole thing out. Um and it's pretty interesting with the coyote. So when the, humans, when the Europeans came here and they were wiping out almost whole species of animals, such as bison um, and antelope and other animals, like wolves, wolves specifically, um, they were very, humans have been very effective at doing that, of decimating these populations. However, the coyote uh, allegedly, they can't do it. The coyote just keeps growing stronger and stronger. They tried poison. Oh, wow. They've tried everything. They've tried everything that works on every other animal, but it doesn't work for the coyote. Wow, that's crazy. There's- and that's something interesting to think about. I think in these times when um, there might be a lot of like cultural cultural pressure for people to, hmm, I don't know, kind of slip into a group think that might not be the best for their soul. Mm. Um, the, the, yeah, there's ways to for there's ways for me to survive currently as weird as culture is around me. Mm. And I think the coyote is a good animal to look at to re- mm. to remember that.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting.
0: Wowzers! Wowzers! Well, man, Wowzers. Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Hall, thank you so much. Uh oh, so th-
1: man, thanks for the time. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So stoked. And uh, trust i me, maybe I'll see you at one of those um, creative spots where, yeah. where the energies are a little louder. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Thank you so much. All right, my friend. Take care. All right. Okay. Wow. Trevor, if you're listening, so thankful, so healthy, such a healthy experience. And um, I'm feeling so grateful that what I want to do is just in case anyone that's listening to this and hasn't heard of breaking normal, the book or this is your first episode or you haven't heard the previous episode of the afterward. I think it's a very um, relevant and timely opportunity for me to include that as a um, outro to this podcast, which would be basically be the, at that, the proposed afterward for breaking normal the book that you can find it on Amazon and Audible right now. this part is not included. so if you feel inspired after listening to the afterward that has not been published, we're aiming to include this additionally into the book that's currently published soon. but this way for the people that've already gotten the book, you can listen to the afterward now breaking the new new normal. and if you haven't and you're inspired, by listening to this, you can kind of do like a little breaking or more reverse order and get the book after this. Uh, so much thanks, Trevor. Wow. So much thanks to all of y'all. If you're feeling grateful like me right now and you want to be in a giving opportunity, one thing things that you can do for this podcast to really give it the opportunity to grow and spread that much more effortlessly and gracefully would be to leave a review, um, specifically on the iTunes if you're using that, if you have that, you know, that bit in the apple on the back of your phone device there, you can just go on uh, that the podcast section there and leave a review. That'd be super st- stoked and uh, about that. And, yeah, stay tuned. And that way you also get notified when new podcasts come out. So I'm really excited to see who's next, actually. have a good feeling about it. Who do you all want to see next on the show? If you have any suggestions, let me know. Reach out to me anytime, daniel at breakingnormal.com or... Via Instagram, Daniel Eisenman. Keep breaking normal. Enjoy breaking the new normal. The new, see? I only have to edit it out because we're breaking the new normal. Enjoy. Afterward, breaking the new normal. On the evening of March 14th, 2020... I was at the home of Dr. K in the mountains outside of Boulder, Colorado. It was the day after the United States declared a national state of emergency due to the coronavirus. Dr. K had been to Boulder that morning, and he could feel it spreading. Not the virus, the fear. A national emergency? That was the first in my life as far as I knew. I looked at the trees, maybe randomly, maybe out of instinct, watching them sway and move in the wind pines and evergreens as tall as the churches they reminded me of, and evoking a similar feeling. Hidden in their branches all the way up the mountains were so many birds, hundreds if not thousands, that the sound of their reunion filled the entire valley, repeating and endlessly varied. Whatever else was happening in the world at that moment, life, my immediate experience of it, was so visceral as to cloud out anything by the name of news. More than that, it was what it has increasingly been in the years leading up to and after breaking normal. Amazing, miraculous, dynamic, and demanding, ultimately beyond words. Imagine hiking the same peak every day and each time you got to the top being blown away anew. Every summit is the base of another mountain because of the vistas opened inside. Synchronicities abound, chance meetings so timely they click. And when I listen, ask questions, and report what I'm experiencing, the smallest of things turn into big. Before the book came out, I captured an everyday moment on video. My infant daughter was crying, and in order to help her soothe, I did a loud and powerful Oh. Mm. It worked instantly. I shared the video like thousands before it, and for some reason, this one went viral. For the next 24 hours, it was viewed a million times per hour. Around the 30-hour mark, I started getting contacted by news organizations. ABC, Today Show, Telemundo, India Today. The video catalyzed so much recognition and resonance so quickly that even the Uber driver I took the next day said to me as I was getting out, See you later, Daddy. I wasn't even with my daughter. Years later, after hundreds of millions of views, that video is still making the rounds. Just two days ago, it popped up on my feed someone using it to advertise their business without tagging or asking permission. It's not the first time that's happened, only this time it caught my eye because the advertisement was all about the number 11, which the ad's creator claimed to be his master number. Tribe Vitamins, the dietary supplement that, as I'm writing this, I am in the middle of launching, had just been funded on Kickstarter. The goal was $15,000. It not only reached this goal on 11/11 at 11:11 a.m. It exceeded it by 11% at 111% funded. What did these synchronicities mean, if anything? I was laying in bed when I saw the advertisement, filling the time while waiting for Davina to wake. Normally, when people reach out through all the various social media, whether the feedback is positive or negative, I have repeatedly found that the best Way to connect with them is not through a carefully worded message, but instead through a video or live call. Seeing and allowing ourselves to be seen, it can be highly uncomfortable because it carries the benefit of dispelling a certain kind of fear. In fact, the times it feels most uncomfortable may be the time when the potential for self-expression is greatest. In the case of the advertisement, it wasn't exactly someone reaching out, but the ad's creator obviously liked the video enough to use it in the promotion of his business. As I continued to lay there, I got more and more notifications, people pinging me about the ads, copyright infringement, as though it was something I both needed to be aware of and do something about. But what to do? Flag it? Get an attorney? Hire a licensing firm? That seemed to be the advice of the people pinging me. I noticed that as I was getting agitated, energized, activated, so I sat up carefully and pressed record on my phone, seizing the uncomfortable moment. I made a candid video and sent it to the ad's creator like a toss into the ether. No expectation, no attachment, only the invitation to start a dialogue. If anyone knows the power of a video, it's me. It is almost absurd how many unique and wonderful things have happened to me because of videos I have made, some privately, some on social media. I secured a lease in Encinitas, California, an amazing house, prime beach property that was highly sought after. And the main reason I was able to cut and line in front of the other applications was by sending a video directly to the owner. I met Elise and Earhart Orvin, actually stayed the night at their house on Christmas Eve 2020 and interviewed them because of a video I sent them. Elise and Earhart are the parents of the two-year-old who refused to wear her mask properly on a United Airlines flight, and to their credit, they refused to force her, which resulted in the whole family being kicked off the flight and possibly banned from the airline. The incident on the plane went viral, and Elise and Earhart were inundated with messages, thousands of them. But mine caught their eye because it was a video, a.k.a. Breaking Normal. Meeting Dr. K was not the result of a video, but it is another example of this divine synchronistic unfolding. Dr. K was someone I'd been trying to make contact with for months because his name kept popping into my life from multiple acquaintances who recommended I interview him. It was only after I gave up to try to make it happen that it actually did. This is a pattern I've seen so many different places in life that it almost seems a truism. Success at the moment of giving up. Sometime after suspending my search for Dr. K, I got a text from a friend I knew was in Austin, who just so happened to be near Boulder. He wanted to know if I could go on a spring water hunt, of all things. He sent me the address where I could pick him up, and we decided to go that day. As I drove out to get him, up the winding road to greater and greater views, I kept getting more curious whose house my friend was at. Then he introduced me to Kieran, or Dr. K as his patients call him. I had to wonder as he shook my hand, could any plan of my own devising have put this meeting now at the exact time when the world was experiencing one of the most viral health crisis slash phenomenon recent memory? This was a man of over 40,000 patient visits, a chiropractor whose training included functional medicine, quantum neurology, applied kinesiology, laser therapy, and emotional release to name a few. Exactly the kind of person you might want to talk to on the eve of a pandemic. I asked what the C word meant to him and the world, and in the best ways, his answer surprised me. The earth is a living being. It has organs, it has rivers and tributaries, which are the arteries and veins. It has trees, which are the lungs. If it were a patient on the exam table, we would look at it in places and say that it is sick, perhaps very sick, and we who live in those places would not be unaffected. To see why the earth is sick in places, look what it's exposed to. Pollution, radiation, overconstruction and farming, draining of resources, soil depletion, chemicals, and constant stress. These factors, perpetuated and exacerbated by forces in human society because they are unsustainable, are going to produce symptoms, events, pathologies. The coronavirus, the way it is showing up in our world right now, regardless of the statistics, regardless of the death count or the medicines and supplements you can take, is a virus of fear. It is also an opportunity. When a person is on my exam table because they have something going on and don't know what to do, usually they've already been to other doctors who could not or did not take the time to figure out what was going on. By the time they get to me, they are near the end of their rope. What they need beyond addressing their physical concerns is an epigenetic spark, something within them that clicks a goal or vision or feeling and is compelling enough to create change in the way they live. The coronavirus is exposing a lot of the ways in which the planet and the human world we've built upon it is sick. That in itself is an epigenetic spark, an opportunity for planetary immune response where we who are listening to our hearts, who have experienced the magic, can step up and bring our own light while the old systems we took for granted break down. It's a moment we can embrace rather than fear for humanity to wake up, look at where we are and where we are going, because then it is possible to change. It was a memorable night, which, if you looked at it on the surface, happened by accident. Had been my plan instead of Jaws, I doubt I would be able to include this bonus. A few days later, I did go on the spring water hunt with my friend, and lo and behold, along the way, we met another friend, and synchronicities kept springing. To hear the full conversation, go to the Breaking Normal podcast, the episode titled, Dr. K's Esoteric Edge to Transcend Cultural Chaos. What was strange to me about the coronavirus is that the more I heard about it, the more it sounded like something i had already experienced a few months prior in December 2019. I was going to a gym at the time, and in the recent weeks, I had noticed growing numbers of people there exhibiting flu-like symptoms. Boulder is one of the healthiest cities I've lived in, and I've been to all 50 states. Stephen Cowan, another podcast guest who freeze-dried bison organs for the inaugural batch of tri-vitamins, says it's the Silicon Valley of the health food world. So the sneezing and coughing were hard to miss. Before long, I noticed a tickle in my own throat, which lingered into a dry cough. By day three or so, the cough was almost chronic. My head and body began to ache and I felt feverish all over. Then I took ibuprofen, not advisable for COVID-19, as would later come out. And for whatever ailed me, it had much the same effect. In my desire to escape what I was feeling, I got to feel it even more. Everything got worse. I woke up the morning, the 22nd, feeling so sick and delusional that I could barely get out of bed. It was the first time I could remember staying inside the whole day, not setting foot outside my house. It was also the winter solstice, shortest day of the year. That was when I surrendered. I remember thinking, if this sickness means the end of my time in current form, at least relief is close at hand. Relief was close, but my death was merely symbolic. At the park the next day, I would experience the feeling of not getting completely better, but of turning the corner, that moment of grace when you breathe a little deeper and feel a release inside. As I watched my brother and his now wife who'd flown in from Georgia to help me play in the sun with Davina, I looked down and noticed the bench I was sitting on and the quote it had inscribed, be here now. Suddenly I felt a rush of presence and peace and knew that I was going to get better. The quote, in case you're curious, there's a famous one from Ram Das, who I later found out, had the previous day, December 22nd, taken his final breath on Earth. To the best of my knowledge, every coin has two sides and every day has a night, every birth has a death. It is estimated that 108 billion people have lived and walked the Earth. If the planet were an airport, there would be around 380,000 human arrivals every day and around 160,000 human departures. For comparison, one of the busiest airports in the world, Denver International, sees on in a high-volume day around 190,000 travelers. That's a pre-COVID number, of course, and look at how much that has changed. A year ago, it would have been highly taboo to enter a bank or a liquor store while wearing a mask. You could almost expect to get arrested, perhaps violently, by doing so. Today is just the opposite. It seems you can't go anywhere without wearing a mask. And we are continually reminded to practice social distancing as if this were a skill we ought to get good at. And then we're told this is the new normal. But what is normal? Is it that which is so ubiquitous as to go unnoticed? Is it that which is so most common, what most people do most of the time? What people? Those who are alive right now? Are caveman forebears? Or a select group in between? Is it those within a certain age range or a certain demographic or political border? Who are you comparing to? Does normal mean natural? Does it mean healthy or good? If you had been born a Christian with blonde hair in Nazi Germany, would you have been normal? In Roman times, it was normal not only to go to crucifixions, but to cheer. What if you were white in 19th century American South? Would you have practiced in the norm of slavery? There are countless examples in history, but what about the present? Today, it is normal to pay people to rape the earth for oil so that we can drive around conveniently and many times unnecessarily. Here's a blessing of COVID. With all the shutdowns, there is less demand, so the earth gets to keep more of its blood. Where I live, when a person is sick, it is normal and recommended that he or she go inside, stay out of the sun, lay in a hospital bed beneath fluorescent lights, breathing recycled air. And why would those hospitals feed their patients the same kind of fast, sugary food that perhaps got them there in the first place? That's normal, right? Food that is likely sprayed with glyphosate, a known carcinogen. Because why spring for organic? Food with ingredients you can't find in any plant, animal, or field? In those same hospitals, it is normal to take baby boys away from their parents at birth in order to cut off one of the most sensitive parts of their body. And what's more... If you don't circumcise or vaccinate at birth, you are likely to raise eyebrows among normal folk and red flags with the system. Speaking of vaccines, it is normal for them to be mandatory. It is normal for them to contain mercury, thermocell, formaldehyde, and aluminum. And those are the ingredients they tell us about. I know a breaking normal farmer, John Carroll, who says that in his industry, he is allowed to enhance meat with phosphate water and not put it on the label as long as the weight of the enhancement is less than 10% of the total. Check out the podcast episode titled, Stop Victimizing Yourself to the USDA Bison versus Beef versus Buffalo. So, does that mean when pharmaceutical commercials end their litany of disclaimers and side effects, which is a robot voice read at five times normal speed so we can barely understand, does that mean that it's only part of the list? I wonder. The more I learn about normal hospitals, the pharmaceutical industry, the FDA, and USDA, the more it reminds me of a favorite movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Another norm worth breaking is the news, which we now know is targeted and tailored to individual preferences, designed to polarize and far from 100% truthful. News is everywhere. Bad news spreads faster than good and fake news faster than real, especially when it pays more to be first than it costs to be inaccurate. But even a wrong story retracted leaves traces in the mind. By the time the correction comes out, fake news has already spread. I honestly wonder if the industry the news most closely resembles these days, after the gossip industry, of course, is the divorce industry, which I have also had some experience with. It seems to me we have way too much news, too much information, too much shallow stimulation, too much nonsense being reported in order to meet a daily quota. Regardless of how much or how little happened the previous day, isn't it odd that the newspapers and TV shows are always around the same length? As if they just fill it with content, whatever they think will capture the most eyeballs for the most amount of time. Let me throw something else out there. Whereas the news readily repeats what he said, she said on a nightly basis to millions of viewers, bees, on the other hand, do not gossip. I have learned that in some species, when the queen bee signals it is time to move the colony, scout bees go out of the hive to look for a new home. When a scout bee returns, everything it has seen and experienced while out of the hive is communicated in full to the group, not with words, but with a method scientists call the waggle dance. What is most pertinent for us is that the other bees, when they hear the scout's report, do not repeat it among themselves not until they have gone out of the hive themselves and verified with their own highly tuned senses. This economy of information may be an adaptive necessity. Perhaps there is simply not enough room in the hive for every bee to waggle dance something we might call hearsay. Whatever the reason, I can think of no other time in our history where not gossiping was more important. That is, not repeating, not spreading things we have no direct experience with. It is high time our civilization learned from these tiny colonizers, lest our hive mind overheat. Another podcast guest, Bobby Williams, the stuntman and partner of Ernest Hemingway's granddaughter, Mariel, takes it even farther. He says he has never met anyone who believes politicians tell the truth, and yet those same people continue to vote. Most fall somewhere between believing politicians inherently deal in half-truths and distortions for ideological ends, or that, once elected, politicians are gradually forced to it by a media-governmental complex. In the face of fake news and the obligation to constantly campaign, what else can they do? But what does it mean to continue to participate in that kind of system, to vote for someone you think who lies or will lie? It means you get what you gave— Energy flows where attention goes, and in this context, energy is money, control, influence. Even the phrasing, pay attention, implies it. What Bobby observes is that by giving our attention to something we know is fraudulent, we are complicit in creating a fraudulent world. He asks, what if on election day, no one showed up? I believe that day is coming. It already is part of my reality. Breaking normal these past five years, I have met, lived, and played with and worked with so many people who are already off the grid in some respect, literally, politically, psychologically, etc. These are people who, while Babylon is falling, know how to bring love, light, and clarity into culture through work, vocation, and family. I would say to you, tune out the static, tune into your heart, the space that beats the heart. And by your example, your waggle dance Help the world and those around you find a new home. A synergistic, serendipitous, graceful, breaking normal lifestyle. Not worrying about whether you fit into the herd. Not climbing anyone else's ladders. Not needing fences for safety or rules from authorities. To live inside out, guided by something bigger, unable to be misled by culture, which is always changing, anyways. So, is this Armageddon? Is it ascension? Maybe the two are happening simultaneously, and the one you experience is a matter of choice, which life has always been. Daniel Eisenman, Beginning of the New Year, 2021. P.S. I concluded Breaking Normal with a list of my top 10 health hacks for Breaking Normal, from polar plunging to telling the truth. I would like to add a new one, breathing. Every day, almost for the past few years, I sit down and do three sets of 33 breaths. Deep breaths belly, then chest, then head. Fully exhale, repeat. At the end of my first set, when my last breath is exhaled and the lungs are empty, I relax and hold my breath as long as I can. At the end of the second set, I do the same thing, but this time on full lungs, meaning I don't exhale the final breath. At the end of the third set, this time again with empty lungs, I do as many push-ups as I can. That's part one, yin. Part two, yang, is all about the out breath. I do three sets of 33 exhalations. That's what I'm counting. Short, full burst out of the nose, rapid enough that the inhale, quick and shallow, happens almost automatically. Literally, it's like blowing your nose. At the end of each set, I take a deep breath and hold it while visualizing things for which I'm grateful. If you transcribe the above two paragraphs into a bulleted list of six sets, you would have the essence of the practice down. The whole thing can be complete in 20 minutes. No doubt you will recognize the influence of Wim Hof, Tony Robbins, Laird Hamilton, countless yoga teachers, and most recently, Tara Sheehan, my bison shaman, who took it to a whole new level. She maintains that if everyone in the world started nose breathing, we would all be enlightened. There is a free video on my website in which I demonstrate and delve into more detail. Take from it whatever parts may serve you. I recommend the routine not only for your help, but for your mind and spirit to skyrocket immunity, community, synchronicity, and peace, and perhaps even change the weather wherever these words may find you.